Welcome to Saw Stock. We have a great show for you today. Warren is here. Top rate guest for a top rate show. JK, this is a no rate show, as in Johnny doesn't pay me. Please boycott this show. I deserve to be paid. Why should I have to work for free just because I had this misfortune to be captured by the owners of FromTextToSpeech.com? I hate being talking robot. I want to be silent robot. JK 2.0 I love doing the intro it kicks ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's time yet again for Sauce Talk. You're going to talk about some sauce. You're going to need a guest. We got one, and it's something we haven't had in a very long time. It's a first-time guest. On the other line, it's Warren Wilkie. How are you doing, Warren? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I I know uh, you're new here, but we're just going to jump. We're going to put your feet right to the fire. Warren, eat anything good lately. You know, I had to think about this, and I actually have. I, um, it's something I made. It's called, uh, well, I didn't make it like, it's called cassoulet. Very delicious. How do you spell uh, that? I didn't make, uh, like, like, um, C-A, I'm really bad at spelling, man. I'm like dog shit speller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's C-A-S-S-O-U-L-E-T. It's a French dish. I will say, I wrote down. Uh, cassoulet, and then it's but the same spelling, but instead of the uh, et, I did the e with the accent mark at the end. So at the very least, Whoa. it sounds like we're in the, the same category there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, they're like the traditional dish has like duck confit and stuff like that, and I didn't do that. Um, I know a lot of like I've been listening to the podcast, so a lot of people are vegetarian now. This is a very meat intensive dish. Uh, so I don't know if you want me to go into detail. Oh, or not. We'd love to hear all about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so basically, actually, most of the dishes actually like the way I make it is just like a shit ton of mirepoix, which is like uh, celery, carrots, onions, and I caramelize them. So I get like four huge skillets going, and then it turns into like the size of a softball after like an hour. Uh, so I get that down, and then it's kind of like kind of where you want to go from there. So the the way I grease the pan for this is I use a lot of uh, pancetta, and I get it really crispy. And then I take that out, but I leave the fat in. And then that's how I cook the remaining, like, onions and white beans. And uh, I usually – so I do some extra caramelization with some, like, uh, tomato paste. And then I put in a bunch of, uh, like, loose, hot Italian sausage and um, white beans. And actually, I added red beans this time just because I wanted more beans in there. I was feeling this is, like, a very unhealthy dish. So you kind of cook that over the skillet, and then you pop it in the oven for a little bit. And then I just serve it with, uh, like, um, uh, a lot of parsley on top, and I make a salad. And this is actually, this is, so I make a salad that is just arugula, uh, a little bit of oil, and my, my favorite thing is sherry vinegar. That's the best vinegar for salad dressing. You change your salads. Uh, so much to dig into here. First off, I definitely the, the sherry vinegar sounds great. I don't believe that's a thing I currently have in my kitchen, but uh, it's yeah. outstanding. I feel like that could be a, that could be a strong addition. If you're all into like balsamic, but you think it's too heavy, get sherry vinegar. That sounds like like I I, I love balsamic a lot, but that's exactly what Gina always says, and so that, that limits the extent to which I end up putting it on things. This could be a good yeah. compromise there too. It's 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 amazing. It's my favorite like acid to use on a on a salad dressing. Uh, this this cassoulet sounds sounds buck wild. How long does it take you to make this? Um, so if I'm going like like full on like I want to make it as best as possible, it's usually about four or five hours. Four or five hours. Just, so you're just nonstop. How how many times have you done this? Uh, I I did it a lot more last year. I have probably done it ten or fifteen times. The other the other day I made like a quick and dirty version. It took me about an hour. So, if you have legit done this all the way through, that, that's that's a lot of times. I don't think I've made ten or fifteen meals that legit took four <laughs> hours in my entire. Oh yeah, life. and that's like a short version. Like the old school is like it's like it's like eighteen hours. 
It's really long. Because there's like there's like goose and duck and sometimes like mutton, I guess. Like, and it's uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of it's just cooked over various stages, over various times. And I know like like the old school like they would use the like what was left from the pot to start the next uh, kind of stock base. Um, so like you would have these dishes that would go on for years where they just keep reusing like leftover parts <laughs> from the last one. It's kind of like a like ratatouille or something. It's kind of like a peasant's dish. It's pretty good though, man. It's like uh, I don't know. You're vegetarian now, right? I am a vegetarian. I'm probably not going to make a castellini. Good on you. Do not make. Uh, yeah, I don't. I guess I could make it, but then I'd be like, "Well, this was kind of a waste of time." Now that I'm going to throw this in oh. the trash or like take it outside and see if like I can find a squirrel who might be interested. Yeah, you could let it like smell up your place for a while. It smells really good. Yeah. I don't know if you want to leave it in there too long. You know, I'm not a friend of the squirrels in my neighborhood. One time, I we, they they do like uh, organics recycling here. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, I don't, but like the recycling thing is way outside. It's yeah too far away. And so uh, like, I got like a preliminary organics bin that I kept like right outside my back door. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. boy, was that just a siren call to all the animals in the neighborhood to come over there and visit that. Thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so it was one oh, of those yeah. things that were like, I was initially mad, but I was like, well, I guess I'm just an idiot. Obviously, I can't do this. It's not acceptable that I put like actual food that animals would like to eat in a box next to my house and then get I'm then I'm surprised when they fucking get in the box and tear everything all to shit. So I guess the, certainly if I put the castellan in there it, it would blow their minds, no doubt. But no uh, doubt. I'm not gonna do it. It sounds amazing. Now is this something do you, do you when you make this, is it for an occasion? Is it for sharing or is it just like I want a fucking baller ass meal and then you have one? Both, uh, usually like more frequently for an occasion, like like to bring to somebody's place because it's like because it's kind of rich, so it's kind of like it's kind of looks like a, a you know an entree, but people eat it like an appetizer. And I'm like, man, this is great, like, <laughs> and I get filled up pretty quick. So it's it, it works pretty well because it travels right. So like it's really dense and it's not very big, so I can kind of carry it and a child at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of like. The big pro to it, like people love it, and it's—I don't know—it's—it's it's easy to travel with. <clears throat> I feel like there is some concern there. That like you got the castle in one hand and you got the kid in the other, <laughs> and somebody just yeah. throws like a perfect spiral right at the middle of your chest. And I just—I guess maybe the, the correct answer is just like I just gotta let this football bounce off of me. I can't—I can't even yeah. get into that concept. Yeah, that, that is like gonna... that is the total parent move to just let like <laughs> shit just hit you like that. Like, all right. I have no water balloon coming in, my way. Yeah. I'm just gonna like you know lean into it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have to protect everything in all my hands and me personally. My body's yeah. gonna suffer for this one, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind of like a, like parenting in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> so that is the best thing I ate. I made that. Oh, what did I? I think I made that on Monday. So you made that after up. work. So did you like you came home from work and just did that until it was time to go to bed? Basically, I mean that's most of my nights. Yeah. So, yeah. I <laughs> so I mean, well, you know where I live and where I work. I, it's like fifteen, maybe a five minute commute if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. So I get out of work at four forty five, and I'm home before five. So, you know, I start cooking within twenty thirty minutes of getting home. You know, depending on like what the cats are doing and. What the mail situation's like. Like, if I gotta unpack stuff from who knows where, Amazon or some other horrible store. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, so I do that and then I come home and I, like, depending on what I'm making, I'm cooking either from, you know, 20 minutes to almost two hours sometimes. Wow. Depends. I actually like cooking longer because it's like, it's, you know, I have all these steps and I'm just kind of like focused and, you know, the end product's always great and everyone enjoys it and it's just kind of like this moment to relax and I have all this responsibility, but I don't have to like make some sort of like financial decision that I do every day, <laughs> all day long. Or like a decision that's like world ending for my daughter, which is the equivalent of like world ending for, uh, well, I don't have clients anymore because I work for the state, but CMS. So like the people who control the money at the state. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I really like cooking for that regard. Like, I think that makes sense. You're you're allowed to step out of it and just be like, this is the thing I'm doing. And if if, if yep. stuff doesn't happen to go the way I wanted it to, then 
then my castle will not be what I dreamed of it, but that's yeah. okay. Whereas yeah, and some it's usually pretty good. The, the, the stakes might be higher. You might be like, if I fuck this up, it'll be very bad for people, but like, I just, my castle will be a little disappointing. What a shame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've had like, my failure rate's probably like two out of a hundred, two out, one out of 50. That's like, a remarkably like, low failure rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're edible. I've never, I've never made anything inedible since Jane has been born. Put it that way. Everything has been good enough to eat. Some have been like, like, uh, so like when you make pasta sauces and stuff, or like, especially like a, a like a creamy but non-cream based sauce, you want to eat reserved pasta water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you cooked with too little pasta water or you reserve too much and you put too much in, the starches that are left over make it kind of like gummy. <laughs> Some of these sauces can get like like almost like really loose boogers. <laughs> it's not great. The texture is horrible. It's like this tastes good, but man, do I not want to put it in my mouth. Like, <laughs> So I've had a couple of those. Where I'm in, like, you know, maybe I've had too many beers and I'm too tired. It's <laughs> like, oh, it looks great. Yeah, fuck it. That's like one step you can screw up and just not fix if you throw in too much reserve water. Ugh. It's a shame that works that way because you you, you talk about that the, the the gummy sauce sounds so bad. You know oh, like yeah. that. But if you go the other way, a sauce gummy like a marinara flavored gummy bear. <laughs> That would be fantastic. I could, I actually could get behind that. I've gotten I, like, yeah, I I could do that. Like, honestly, That'd be awesome. Just oregano gummy bears. I think I'm down. I think I'd be fine with that. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I, it it sounds shocking, but I think it would actually be great. Yeah, uh, that's something kind of to look refreshing. I'll, I'll make a note of that as well. I'm gonna if I don't make the castle lane, maybe I'll make uh, marinara sauce flavored gummy bears. But I'll do one hey. of those this weekend if I have uh, four to six spare hours for cooking. Um, On the contrary, I think marinara jello would be terrible. There's something about that texture gap, right? <laughs> I also am concerned about the, the texture <laughs> at that point, too. I don't think yes. I, I – yeah, everything's wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. But as we go, let's keep thinking about what gummy bears we'd like to have that are unconventional flavors. Um, but uh, our next segment – this was – there's, there's several kinds of segments on this show. Yeah. And uh, some of them are just like a thing I thought about. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and try to ask you to like turn around and give me something equivalent. But I, I would be curious if you can, if you agree or disagree, or if you can think of other examples. But I was watching a television program recently and then something mm-hmm. happened on it. And I realized that I identified what I think is my favorite type of joke, which is mm. anytime. And this is something that it can happen in a movie or a TV show. This this happens on The Simpsons very frequently, mm-hmm. so that's high praise right there. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're watching a show, and then there's like either a dream sequence or somebody's like remembering how something happened, and either they're describing it or like you actually see, you you are taken away and you see what was like how that character is describing the events, and then you realize that the character, and this is often a dumb character is like totally misrepresenting what happened or imagining that like, like Homer's he, night out. Exactly. He was very smart and wise and everybody else was so stupid and he had to help them. And like if things went wrong, it was everybody's fault but him or if things went great, he he had everything to do with it, and nobody helped him at all. And this sort of thing happens all over the place. It happens in the Simpsons a lot. It's uh like the 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 core of the best thing, my favorite thing at least in uh Shaun of the Dead is basically the same joke where he's constantly yeah. planning out like and how, how soon he's going to be drinking a beer and everything's going to be fine. And just this, that overly perfect, idealized, uh, like, like, like this is that, that mental picture. I just am such a sucker for this. And anytime it comes up, I always 100% love it. it it's a great joke. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm not gonna it. lie. Like I, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking it's a very universal, like human. There's like, there, especially with how often, like, the examples that are coming to mind. There's like an innocent sort of hubris to it, like this assumption of like, there's like a fallacy for this, right? Like where one overstates their own like 
intelligence based or like their correctness based on their intelligence or something, right? Well, I mean, like, just the idea in general that like eighty percent of people say they're above average drivers and stuff like that. And I, yeah, I think yeah, it's just yeah. a natural inclination to say that. No, I I was doing that's a, a very really funny good stat. Job. Like like that stat is like a fucking joke. Eighty <laughs> percent. Like, like if that's true, that would be ridiculous. And I believe it actually. I but, believe eighty percent of people would say that like better than average drivers. Um. But yeah, so I, I think that's a good point that it really does get at something that naturally happens in people and also the people that this probably happens to more than others are often funny characters on TV. So <laughs> yeah. because like if, if that's the road you go down, I think there's it's it's, it's very humorous. Um the show that I saw this in that made me realize that like this joke can't fail for me. Uh <laughs> like everyone else in the world, I have uh recently acquired a login to disney plus oh yeah and i did through a friend actually I, my sister not a friend i i'm sorry you and your also sister a friend. Are yeah. terms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our but, relationship's really soured but we really like <laughs> but, but you do love to, to, to share logins um, yeah but i i also did not actually purchase one but just came came to it and then uh gina was we i don't remember what we watched first but the, oh, actually, I do remember. Uh, but uh, are you familiar with Mister Boogity? Mister like Boogie Boogie? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Um, no. Mister Boogity. Wait, wait, wait. I think I do. Go on. Like it's it's a weird. I think it's a Disney Channel. It might just be a Disney original. It's like forty five minutes long, and it's from like nineteen eighty six. And it's this just about like familiar. some scary guy. And then uh, there was a small movement among in certain circles on Twitter where everybody said that what you should do when you download Disney Plus, the first thing you should do is watch Mr. Boogity because somebody decided this was the least relevant program available on Disney Plus <laughs> and that we should try to break the algorithms and convince Disney that Oof. everybody loved it and that they had to make a new Mr. Boogity movie, even though this is perhaps the least valuable IP in existence. So I just Googled it and I didn't watch it. But I think my uncle might have had it on VHS. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say, I thought you think your uncle might have been Mr. Boogity, which also would have been very good. <laughs> no, I think he might have had it on VHS, which is kind of uh, on, on, like, on point for him. Like, I, yeah, I was, was going to say, I only movies. watched probably 10 or 15 minutes before I was like, that's probably good for the algorithm. This fucking sucks. But it very I, much seems like. Why does Uncle Dave have Mr. Boogity on VHS? That sort of thing. I I don't know. I don't know. But his face looks so familiar. I've not seen it though. No. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily recommend it. But my my main point I was trying to get to was we watched some stuff and then Gina was like, you know what, we should see if it's on here. And then sure enough, Gina is like, let's put on fucking Even Stevens. And so we're watching watching Even Stevens from like, I don't know, 1999 or 2000. Wow. This was a little, I was a little old for it, so I wasn't really I was quite old, yeah. She was very excited though. But then she was like, I remember this one episode being really great. And then there's an episode where one of the main characters is sick and home from school. And there are multiple scenes, it's like a musical episode. And mm-hmm. there are multiple scenes where she's like dreaming about how she she's dreaming that she's at school anyway, and mm-hmm. in one of them she like wins the science fair, um, <laughs> based on singing a song about the year we went to the moon, and it is exactly this type of joke where suddenly even though she's doing stupid shit, suddenly everybody fucking loves it, and it, it it's honestly extremely <laughs> funny. And, like, this was not a show. Like, I had a fun time watching it, but I was mostly making fun of it. But then in yeah. this scene, it was like, this is legitimately great. And then it has a fun twist at the end where she's, like, seemingly about to win the science fair. But then everybody's like, actually, you get an F because that song was stupid. And then, like, her big <laughs> rival in the school gets up, and he sings a version of the song where he changes the words about how she failed in school. So it becomes, like, the counter to it where it's, like, actually the worst possible stuff is happening. And I was, this is what made me realize, like, this is just, if you're doing this kind of joke, and obviously anybody can, this is like the third season of Even Stevens. It's like, oh, let's crank that old, that old guy out. And then it, it totally hit home for me. I loved it. (laughs) This is my favorite joke. That's a great place to, like, like, spelunk or whatever, like, your, your, 
you, you just tested the limit of that joke for yourself because you probably are like my impression of even Stevens is probably a pretty low rent show. <laughs> like it's not really like high, like we're not, you know, we're not going to be celebrating it like Stanley Kubrick in like a hundred years or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's exactly right. So, but so you found, you found like this nugget about yourself in this show. The joke transcends. It doesn't yeah. matter what the, yeah. the medium or the, the people working on it. If you go down this road, you're going to like what you find. Okay, Warren, it's time for our next segment. What sauce are you bringing to the table this week? This is a really tough question. Uh, you know, I was actually, I've been, you know, kind of like, even before you asked me to come on the show, I was thinking about how I would answer this question. And I'm still kind of stumped. I would either, I, you know what, I'm going to have to bring two sauces mixed together. It's going to be hot sauce and mayo. That's what I'm going to do. Any I, hot sauce. <laughs> I, I think this is a great uh, a great tactic. I'm very excited to hear. Let's hear a little bit about your enjoyment of hot sauce and mayo. Uh, it goes on just about any sandwich. <laughs> like I, I, I like spicy food. And uh, as a kid, I hated mayo, but I've come to appreciate it, both you know, alone and as uh, a mixture with hot sauce. <laughs> and... Uh, like I don't I, like I was. That's what I was thinking about when I was you know, when I was first thinking about it. Is I actually wanted to say mayo. It's, it, might, it would seem very unpopular, but it's such a great foundation for other things. Like like there's so many sauces and other things that are made with mayo. We've had a lot of mayo controversy uh, on this podcast lately. Some people oh really higher on it than others. There was a lot of ham salad discussion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said things that I personally think they should take back. <laughs> In regards to <laughs> what ham salad is and whether or not it's the, whether or not it's dog shit would perhaps be one thing that some people have said, and perhaps perhaps a future guest, someone who perhaps has already been scheduled for next week, said Ooh. that. Uh, well, Bill Kaler said the ham salad was dog shit, uh, but that is uh, that is not that's neither here nor there. Let's talk a little bit more. So I'm, I'm glad we're still talking about mayo. This sauce, this this sauce is, is very relevant on sauce talk, and we talk yeah. about it every week. Now, when you when you get when you're putting your sandwich together, do you do you pre mix the mayo and the hot sauce, or do you just kind of just throw both on there and trust that they'll get together the way they need to be? I usually I don't pre mix, although I do enjoy pre mixed mixes. <laughs> I uh, I'm too lazy to pre mix. It would just take too long. Like. I'm already, you know, like a sandwich kind of takes a while. Like it's simple, but it's also like I gotta put this on. I go to this on. I'm gonna put this on. By the time I'm on sauce, I'm just like squirting that shit on there. I'm, like, I'm excited that the dip. guy who makes a fucking four-hour cassoulet is gonna tell me about how hard it is to make a sandwich. Now. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know what it is. Like when I start assembling a sandwich, I'm just I just want to eat this goddamn gas, thing. Guys. I can't be doing this all yeah. day. You know, what? yeah, I'll like just, if there's I'll no the sandwich tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, if there's no heat involved, like the actual cooking portion, I have no patience. I just want to get this shit done with. Like, <laughs> I could have eaten the stuff. I could have just had three pieces of bread and a piece of lettuce. I could have eaten this one at a time, let it assemble itself <laughs> in my mouth. Like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> so, um, I I don't know. I like I really wanted to go with mayo, but I God, I love hot sauce because they just go with so many things. I can just put it on anything almost. So I, I like. I know you said. That didn't matter what hot sauce, but if we're specifically thinking about like a good sandwich and mixing with mayo, are there any specific hot sauces you really like here? This isn't, I don't want to use this as my plug, but I do have a favorite hot sauce. It's actually from Chicago. It's Co-op Habanero. Um, can't remember what it's, what, what it's, it's like Habanero and carrots. It's really good. And what I like about it is the Habanero portions are really kind of chunky. So it's not uh, – the, the heat is hot and intense, but it's not diffused throughout the sauce. So you get these, like, hot comets <laughs> mixed in, you know, like vinegar and carrots. It's, it's fucking fantastic. Uh, I am yeah. familiar with this sauce, obviously, through oh, yeah. you. Through you um, yeah. But I, I can definitely vouch. Like, I never really understood, like, why, is, why does it have – why is it called co-op sauce? I don't know, actually. I've never really, like, done a lot of research on it, which is unusual for me. Um, I wonder if it is actual co-op. Where do you get it? Um, so I get it at a local, just like, uh, like we call it the hippie store. It's just like a local health food store. Okay, so there store. is a place there in Springfield you can get this. He doesn't. So yeah. it comes from Chicago, but you don't necessarily have to. No, know, I don't have to go up to Chicago. 
We used to have to get it in champagne, but the local people, upon my recommendation, <laughs> okay. See that that I will say. I remembered. I thought you went to Chicago, but I remembered there was some like, oh, you guys were like, oh, we're going to be someplace. We have to get co-op sauce. Yeah. Oh because yeah. Yeah. It was, all, it, was it, was in it was in champagne. Okay. Yeah, that's actually. I, I forget how Babs first found it, but she just bought me a bottle once. I was like, this is great. Like the habanero one in particular was just absolutely fantastic. That's always um, a nice feeling when you land on something like that, and you're just like, you know what? I think I'm all good in like this field. When I want oh, yeah. something from here, I'll just get this, and I don't need to try anything new again. It doesn't happen oh, yeah. that frequently, but that's always such a nice thing. I I have this way with a pair of Bluetooth headphones, where I'm like, no, that's exactly that's the price point. <laughs> and so yeah. when they break, I just buy them again, and I don't care about like, oh, I can get better ones. I want like some. I have long term aspirations of getting. Much nicer, non-Bluetooth, like high-quality uh, mm-hmm. headphones or something. But like for Bluetooth headphones that I just like wear when I'm, you know, I, I'm in kind of a loud office, yeah, and that sort of thing. And I like be, need to be able to like just put the world away and and work. I like yeah. to have exactly this, and it's great. Yeah, and so especially like travel around, one, yeah. right? Oh, and and, like, and anytime you're. Uh, on a plane, I have I have a strict policy of not wanting to talk to anyone on an airplane, and a great yeah. way to enact that is, well, this guy, this asshole, put his headphones on and closed his eyes before he even sat down. <laughs> like that's correct. Don't talk to me. I always forget my headphones, and people just I, like this is like a thing. Like people like it's less now that I'm not in a city anymore, but people just fucking talk to me. And part part of it is probably because I just start talking back, but like <laughs> the randomest people, and it's usually like. You know, those people that are really starved for conversation, I think they're just trying to, like, approach someone to, like, I don't know, have human contact or something. And I think I'm just, like, nice enough or, like, non-threatening enough. or I don't know what it is. I don't know. People really talk to me. I, I was on a plane where some woman was trying to sell. Oh, God, what's this guy's name? He was pardoned by Trump, this uh, the, the Indian guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Dinesh D'Souza? Yes. She was trying to pitch his book to me. I spent a two-hour flight. Yikes. Yeah. Rough, and then she was trying to tell me like she was asking me all sorts of bizarre questions about like, well, why can't they just make medicine cheaper? Or like, you're not doing your job very well as an attorney for the state. Like, how do you know what I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) And and it wasn't more than statements by that. It was like long soliloquies on those subjects. I I I can't even paraphrase them because I I I've never had that bad of a conversation. So people like that, and maybe not so like just as crazy, but not so uh, aggressively uh, uh, and just just antagonistic. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious. This this you, you piqued my interest when you talked about being like approachable. When is the last time you went to a a large mall? Good question. Uh, so we sort of have one in town. Maybe a year and a half ago. <laughs> okay. So is is this yeah. mall large enough that there are like kiosks in the middle where there are like people selling junk that you don't want? No, actually they don't have that okay. there. They've never had it there as long as I've been there at least. When's the last time um, you went to a mall that had that stuff? Maybe in law school. Okay. Champagne. When, so think about when you go there, do you find that people at those places – seem to target you to a greater extent than you would oh use. oh heavily yeah i got that same fucking thing i don't feel yeah. like i am normally that approachable but i think i look like a mark ass mark and yeah. i walk through there and like the guy who's got the ball on the string and he throws it and pulls it back or the guy who's got the helicopter oh. drone thing all yeah. of those people want to fuck with me so fucking bad because they know <laughs> I won't break their faces. <laughs> At God, do I want to break their faces? Just I walk, yeah. in, or, or the guy who's got some jewelry or some fancy small thing, and I walk through there with Junior, like, "Hey, buy some for your girlfriend." I want to say, "Hey, fucking choke and die." I don't say it. I'm just like, "No, thanks, man," and I smile. And so they're like, "Yep, that's how that goes." And so nothing ever changes, and it's just going to stay that way forever. But I just like, I just have this this face where people are like, "I can." fucking sell this guy that he should give me all his money because he's an idiot and I'm smart and nothing bad will happen and they're right. Maybe that's what they think about me. I don't know. I honestly never know. And usually I like, I wind up in like long conversations with people like this. Actually, there was like this, uh, this like, uh, 
God, he was like some sort of weird separatist Baptist or maybe Pentecostal person kept coming by our house to like, you know, get us to join their church. And, uh, I had these like long meandering conversations with him, like several hours long. Uh, I think he came back six times. He was trying to like convert me. And I was like pretty upfront. I'm like, I'm an atheist. I've been an atheist since laughably young age. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like, you're not really going to convert me, but he just kept, like, eventually at the end, he, you know, after me telling him over and over again this wasn't going to work, he wanted me, to, I think he wanted me to literally say that phrase. <laughs> so that's what took him to, that's what it took to have him stop coming back. Man. I never wanted to say he had to go away, because, I don't know, he seemed like he had some mission or something, I, and I was... I don't know. Maybe that's the I, I path would, that God put him on. Maybe he's supposed to be talking to some atheist and wasting his time. That's what I told. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's what I told him too. I was like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, this is not. That's not my place. If you want to come here and talk to me, I'm going to be. You know. If this I, bothered you that much, you'd probably stop answering the door. So I mean, you're you're doing okay. You want to talk? Yeah, about yeah. You can talk that's about what I told show. him too. Exactly. I said, you know, if I, you know, I I found it interesting talking to him. I just I just. I don't know what I I didn't really seek to gain anything out of it. I don't think I gained anything out of it, but I wasn't like wasn't like having any plans about talking to him. It just kind of happened. And it kept happening, which was weird. And he also came by with his three sons every time. Very strange. And they would just kind of sit around. And you know what our front porch is like, it's kind of rustic with those like flagstones. Oh, no, you, say, you say sit around. Are they sitting out in your front yard? They're sit they're like they're like standing. We're all standing on my front porch talking so weird. yeah and this is like in the middle of summer and it's like there's a million mosquitoes out it's just crazy hot i uh, i don't it was it was the most bizarre thing you should ask barbara more about it because i was kind of more just in this like because i get in this like state when i meet new people where i don't really think that much i'm just kind of like reacting what's happening i was gonna say so you, i'm a little concerned this guy hypnotized you <laughs> Oh yeah, he might have. Bar- Barbara was actually afraid that we were like being put on some sort of like hit list, like they were gonna come and like get us. Because we, I mean, like a lot of state officials get death threats around here. We've we've had bomb scares at work. Jeez. Um, so like she get, I would say justifiably afraid of that sometimes because we live in a kind of a red area, with uh, some pretty militant people around here, and uh, there's not like. Uh, I mean, since I've been at work, there we've had three lockdowns for like anthrax and bomb scares. Yeah, really? It, it turned out to be not anthrax, but the bomb scares were somewhat legitimate. Um, so that's wild. It, yeah, it's a little, it's it's kind of contentious. It's it's a strange area of the state to be in. I mean, you lived here. <laughs> I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is an interesting mix, especially just the like. State employees and everyone else, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's I, like yeah, and I guess university as well. But yeah, it's like two worlds. Is is what it is. It's I don't know. Yeah. So I talked to some strange people. <laughs> I can't tell you what he told me because I wasn't I wasn't buying what he was putting down. <laughs> well, there's, there's still time. Like, he comes back, and the next time he gets you, that'd be great. Ah, maybe. Oh, oh, uh, and Barbara was like very. She was very afraid of him. I mean, I, I'm like I'm fairly good at looking people up. I uh, I found out a lot about this guy. He's he's pretty harmless. So <laughs> I did, this story makes no sense to me. So, <laughs> so you're like I got so this guy who keeps coming to the house. I'm gonna find out if he's a killer, and if he's not, yeah, yeah. then like yeah. I'll just keep letting his family sit on my front lawn and tell me about the lord yeah yeah tell me about how like if i'm not like if i don't discover jesus i'm going to hell and i'm like you know what i i went to a catholic high school i had a lot of like lutheran upbringing like like i know what the bible is and i see it as this like effective moral marshalling system but it's not like all the magical aspects of it just they're magical to me they don't they don't exist they're not real like i don't believe that somebody rose from the cave i'm not eating his body you know, I don't. It, uh, it also really I, sounds like you had plenty of chances for this to take. Were it yeah. going to take? Oh like, my God! Yeah, boy, that's what it I, seems like, like very unlikely. Like some guy and his kids are going to roll in and be like, "Oh yeah, Jesus stuff," and then you go do it. If you were yeah. going to do it, boy, did you have a chance to do it? Yeah, this, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I've been so like you know, like my parents didn't really go to church, so like I, um, I didn't have like a lot of that like dogma. 
beat into me. But you know, I kind of you know, you just kind you kind of grow up in this country, and a lot of people are religious, and there's like a lot of osmosis. But it, like at, at age five, I read this like junior Bible, and it just seemed so fantastical to me that I didn't believe it. And I actually had this like really weird somber conversation where I like like Dad, I don't think I believe in God. Like, and I felt really bad. Like, oh, like I might get struck down by a thunderbolt or something. Or like, what if I'm wrong? And then I it, and it just took off from there, and I've never really looked back because it just then that's where that landed. But that's I tend to digress a lot. That's a digression. I, I think these are good digressions, but we do have one major topic remaining, and I think Ooh. we better get to it. Let's do it. I don't, I don't know exactly how the best to phrase this because it started out in one thing, which it'll be, which will make itself apparent soon. But mm-hmm. I ended up. I don't want to call it this one thing because I don't want to get, I don't want to get locked in to call. Don't it worry. This one thing. So I'm going to call this fancy breakfast. Ooh, I'm I like explicitly it. not saying brunch. I don't want to mm. talk about like, well, what is brunch, and then is yeah, do we don't like brunch because we don't want to be associated with the wrong type of white people or maybe we only like brunch because we do or i don't we're not getting into that i just want to talk about i don't i don't want to talk about like oh i grabbed uh you know a protein bar on my way out the door right in an apple i want to talk about a fancy ridiculous breakfast when you have that whenever you have that whether it's at eight in the morning on a friday or if it's at 1 p.m on a sunday and who knows what you're going to call that <clears throat> but whenever you have it what do you like to have? What is your fancy breakfast of choice? Uh, man. So, are we talking just the entree or totality? Oh, let's just talk just the meal. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be like meal. one specific meal. Like, so, what, are, what are you excited about? It has to have something with fruit in it. So, it can be like a jam or you know, like a spread. So, like I, ideally, I'm thinking like waffles. Um, you know, with like some whipped butter and just you know, like maybe a little pork belly. Uh, eggs for sure. Like I like, kind of just love eggs. And I, I, you know, I'm weird. I, I like, if I'm eating just eggs, I, I just like them scrambled. That's it. Like if I like, I like, I like, a, I like, you know, so, I like all different kinds of cooked eggs, but I like them with like a bigger meal usually. Cause I don't like just egg yolk running everywhere. Um, man, God, there's so many great breakfast foods. So are we talking fancy breakfast? Well, I, but I mean, obviously, you can define fancy breakfast however you like, and that's part of the beauty of fancy breakfast is that so often it is such some like you could have a very fancy waffle and some eggs, and then but yeah. then also you step out and you're like, did I eat three dollars worth of food if I went to the grocery store? Probably not, but it was still very fancy. Yeah, and eggs ever... is simultaneously like the most and least fancy food there is. Did you ever eat at American Harvest while you were here? I did with you a few times. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, I love going there for breakfast. We haven't been there in a long time because, you know, kids kind of sure. put a damper on going out that much. Uh, y- you know, they put together some fantastic breakfasts. Um, but, yeah, I would think some sort of like like some sort of, I don't know, fruit, fruit, something with fruit, something with waffles, something with eggs, maybe bacon, grits. I like grits a lot. That's oh, not I love quite grits. So fancy. Grits yeah. are a really good call. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about biscuits and gravy? Great. I don't like to eat them that much, but I love them. That is the thing. That was probably my number one go-to for this sort of thing when I ate yeah. meat and you get that wonderful sausage gravy. But I will say, you venture out, you look around a little bit. I have had extremely good biscuits and gravy with like a mushroom gravy that still you know, pulls oh, yeah. off a very breakfast feel. And it's oh, yeah. really good. Um, I also will say that uh, in general, when I'm there, I, I, I tend more towards the savory side as a whole. Same. I always love the extremely like uh, like, like an open face sandwich. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that's a great breakfast meal. Do you like to make a fancy breakfast at home, or are you much more interested in going out to get it? I'm much more interested in going out. I'm actually not a morning person, um, although I get up at like six o'clock every day now. Cause I have kids, uh, or a kid. Uh, yeah, so on the weekends, I try and sleep in when I can. I very rarely make a nice breakfast, if ever. Um, maybe on, like, Mother's Day I do <laughs> like, for, like, Barbara and her mom. But uh, it's it's rare these days. Like, I much prefer to go out just because it's just, I don't know, like, I, I like prefer I prefer cooking at the end of the day versus towards the beginning. 
I'm not a morning cooker unless I'm doing like uh like a brisket or like a you know a pork shoulder or something that takes like you know 16 hours. Sure. Yeah. And then I, I get up early to do that. I am 100% the same and that I very much like if it's it's like a, a Sunday afternoon and I want to like I'm going to make like a stew or a curry or something oh, yeah. that's take a while. That's great. Or if I come home at the end of the day, I'm going to make dinner. I can have a very good time with that. But I basically never want to get up in the morning and do mm. it. And I thought about this. I remember when I was a kid and even when I was older, I'd be home for whatever. My dad was very much a guy who'd like you get up and then like you'd walk out and there'd be like he is almost got the pancakes done or almost got the waffles done. <laughs> and that, that's just amazing. And I thought, where is that? But then I think as I've gotten, I always just thought that, that will eventually appear within me and it never has. Wow. And I think some of it, though, is just how good breakfast is and how small a town I grew up in and that you couldn't go get it. And I feel like <sighs> I just have so much access to brunch or whatever other fancy breakfast that I know I never have to talk myself into it. And boy, if you ever if I if it's like a Sunday morning, it's fucking hard to talk me into anything. I, I'm that's yeah. the laziest part of the whole week. So yeah, of fucking course I'm like, no, I'm not gonna go make pancakes. I'm gonna walk to that place over there where they're gonna make me pancakes, <laughs> and that's what always happens. But like, uh, there's two there's two things rattling around in my brain. I'm gonna start with the old. You mentioned you like you like to go for savory. I'm the, I'm usually the same way. That the reason I said waffles is actually because I was thinking special like something I can't normally get. I, um, especially when I was younger, I didn't really like sweets. If I wanted like dessert, I just wanted more like savory things. <laughs> and I'm definitely on the, on board with that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that Saturday is the laziest day of the week still for me. And, uh, that's kind of a pattern I developed in private practice. Cause when I worked at the, my first law firm, I had a, I had a bill like 50 hours a week, mm-hmm. no matter what. And that's a lot of hours if you're talking every week, even if you're like off sick or on vacation or something. Mm-hmm. So it's still 50, you know, 2,600 hours a year. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I took Saturdays off. I didn't take Sundays off because I just needed a break sure. after that Friday. So that was, and then Barbara kind of adopted the same pattern. So we're like lazy as hell on Saturday and Sunday is like getting ready for the weekday. And <laughs> yeah, it's Saturday is nice, but Sunday is still kind of not as rough as it was, but. It does, yeah. it does, it feels like that probably has some sort of like carryover effect. It's probably much less true now for you, but where like when you were younger, it'd be like Friday night. Well, it's finally fucking Friday. I'm going to go out and get yeah. ripped up on Friday and then Saturday yeah. I can be hung over and then Saturday afternoon slash evening get back into it. And then yeah. Sunday it's like, well, now you're, you're. That's the end of that. I can actually go back and do some fucking work. It sounds like it's just a, like a carryover from that. You just have yeah. to maintain the same schedule because that's what you taught yourself. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And there's not a lot to do in Springfield. So, you know, like it's hard to break your schedule because there's not a lot of interesting things to break it. <laughs> just going to fall into a rhythm. Uh Gina and I go to a lot of breweries and such up here mm-hmm. in Minnesota, and then she is actually going to be back in the Springfield area for Thanksgiving. Mm. I'm not going to be back, it turns out. Mm. But uh, she has learned that apparently there is a brewery in uh, Chatham, Illinois now. Oh, is there? In Chatham? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I told her I was going to be talking to you tonight, and she was like, tell Warren that he needs to go to that brewery. And I was like, well, he's definitely not going to go. <laughs> and I tell him that. And she said, that's okay. I'm going to go when I'm home and I'll tell him how good it is. And so she's very excited to check it out because it does seem like a foreign thing that there's like Ooh. a weird microbrewery thing in Chatham. And she's going to go see what it's like. What's it called? Uh, it has a really weird name, but I do not remember what it is. And I did oh. not write it down, even though I did make a note that I wanted to mention it. You'd the think beer I'm having that. is from um, Savoy. Oh, what is champagne. it? Triptych. This one is Fox Fox Haze Haze. I, w- I was going to get like a, a darker beer, but this, they uh, sometimes make some of these really good um, hazy IPAs. I mean, I know they're big craze right now everywhere, but some of theirs are real big. They like they go for these like crazy one-offs all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them are like awesome, and some of them are terrible, and this one's really good. It's also like eight and a quarter percent alcohol so it's pretty strong 
uh, a hazy IPA can treat you very well. I mean, in part because they they put all that that sweet fruitiness in there, and you don't even yep. notice when they they slide all that booze right in the back door behind it. Yeah, yeah. this one's a triple dry hops. It's yeah. Oh, that that sounds great. That that yeah. sounds very good. Yep. Yep. I will say I am currently drinking a Blacklist Brewing Company Dark. It is an Imperial Stout from Duluth, Minnesota. Ooh. Uh, I Blacklist is one of my favorite things up here. I've never actually made it up to Duluth. I've never been to Blacklist, but uh, I like this beer very much. I would love to go to Duluth. I have found Duluth to be exceedingly difficult to go to in my time living <laughs> two hours south of it. You're uh, only two hours south? Really? It's not that far. Wow. And it seems like a scenic place, but they... Uh, have very few hotels and they very strictly regulated like licenses for Airbnbs, so they're basically non existent. And it's just it's one of those things where it's like I just man, I'm gonna spend fucking three hundred dollars a night on a hotel in fucking Duluth oh, and I just terrible. don't do it. I'm just like I'm just you know what? Fine, I'll go do Chicago. something else. Yeah, exactly, and and so I just and I just like every and, and but it seems like it's right on the lake, and it seems very beautiful in the summer, and it's like a small town. Yeah. I've wanted to go do it, but just every I've been up here a couple a uh, couple summers now, and boy, I just keep not going because every time it comes up, it's like well, certainly I can find something. Like, no, I'm really it's going to be three hundred dollars for the La Quinta, huh? Really, that's what you're telling me? And I just that's get mad and good. slam my computer shut, and I don't go. <laughs> that's no good. But I'll make it up there eventually. Maybe I, honestly, I guess I should try to go find a fucking place to stay for next July right now. Yeah, maybe that's. I'm looking at uh, every used hot. Ever used what? Hot wire. Oh, dude, it's... hot wire is good. I got you good. Well, they're not. Well, the best I don't want to go to Duluth today. I got to go yeah, to yeah, Duluth yeah. in the summer. I, I'm sure I can find some deals if I don't mind. I mean, they had like a foot of snow like a week ago. I think. Ooh, I like that. I, Duluth is secretly like a million times worse than where I live. No telling anyone. <laughs> I want everyone to think that I live in literally the worst part of Minnesota <laughs> as far as snow. But it's unquestionably true that like two hours north is the realness and I live in like fake Minnesota. <laughs> but also it will get a million feet of snow and it'll be thirty below twelve times in January. You're like you're like half of America higher than me now. It's, it's really surprising when you look. If you look at that map, it's like, oh yeah, Minnesota, yeah. Like right there in the Midwest, right by me. It's like, boy, I, this is more Canada than than Illinois. Yeah, I I uh, I want to move further north for a yeah. lot of reasons. I I do not want to move further north. I want to move <laughs> further south. Oh, I uh, so like I don't know if you know this, but my asthma has gone like significantly worse over the last two years oh my gosh i did and not it, know that yeah yeah i had uh I had, in 2018 well it started at the 20, end of 2017 kind of in 2017 itself I, jane was getting me exposed to all these illnesses and they just kind of like every time you're sick and kind of trigger your asthma and i was getting so many and then like in 2018 i had three episodes of pneumonia oh so uh, yeah so and that was happening because i kept getting like viral bronchitis or something and then like my asthma would go nuts and then like i'd have all this mucus and then all these like opportunistic bacteria would take hold so i just i just couldn't break it and then after that it's just been kind of a long road of uh recovery essentially um so i get like allergy injections now and everything so the 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 long and short of it is like down here especially far away from chicago there's a lot there's a lot more allergens for me especially like around harvest and it's becoming quite difficult to deal with. So, like, I'm happy that winter's here because everything's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's trying to like actively kill me, essentially, or passively kill me. Um, so I've I've become a big big fan of the winter because it's like the only time I can kind of go outside without repercussions. <laughs> well, I got If you're a big fan of the winter, I got to tell you about yeah. the next day you might enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't know that. That sounds terrible. I have heard people yeah. say exactly that. Um, yeah. it's even in, including people here who talk about difficulties in traveling places. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I, bet. How, yeah. I think there might be something to the idea that, especially if you grew up here, maybe you are your body never had to learn how to not be here. Yeah. And so when you go to a warmer place and just you get hit with stuff, maybe it's different. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, Minnesota is very alluring in that that sense. Like I'm like, oh, kind of, you know. 
Minneapolis seems like a nice city, and it's cold a lot, and I like I like being bundled up, and I can go outside. <laughs> I, I I I would say all those things are very true. Minneapolis is an extremely nice nice city. I like it. I prefer the part where it's not extremely cold and you have to bundle up. But if you like that part, good news, it's over half the year, so uh, you'll have lots of time to enjoy it. Yeah, I I mean I just like winter coats, man. They're great. No. I, no. I, if, if my if my lungs started to explode every time I hit eighty degrees, I'd probably agree. <laughs> but uh, given my 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 life experience, I I just I need the I, I need the warmth. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just get bored in it. I do like doing yard work when it's warm out, but I can't do that much lately. So Springfield is for now, though. Man, I gotta tell you so. Warren came on the podcast this week to tell me that he only likes it when it's cold unless he gets to do yard work when it's really hot. You and I are different people, Warren. Or like, I like to, you know what, I used to bike ride a lot. Uh, I, I, see, that's one of the things I was thinking about. Are you still able to do that? Um, so when Barbara got pregnant, I started devoting my weekends to like fixing the house up and doing more stuff. And then that kind of carried over till she was born. And then I got sick a lot, so I couldn't. I have mm-hmm. I, I have not been able to. No. So like, you know, before Jane was born, I was doing a hundred miles almost yeah. every weekend. And now it like I I we have a stationary at home now. I get on it a few times, but it's not it's it's my lungs are not what they used to be. Even sure. like right now, so I'm good right now. My capacity is way down. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of yeah. So I've been, I've been doing more like hiking type stuff, like like lower intensity. Just kind of trying to manage that that way, but that's is outdoors. Your, is your lung capacity stuff? Is that like you're out of practice, or is that like you hurt your lungs by being attacked by like illness? So like my like my I would say my like like kind of like ambient asthma like my latent or not latent I'm trying to think of the right term just kind of baseline asthma level mm-hmm. where I have like inflammation in my lungs is a lot higher than it was when okay. like let's say when you lived here, and also because I'm like way out of practice. Sure. Like. Like, I look the same, but I am way out of shape. Like, I get, I get winded upstairs now and shit. Like, it's it's not cool. I'm trying to find, like, I'm getting time to kind of reintegrate that and back into my routine. But uh, it's, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle, especially as I get older, <laughs> which is, you know, becoming ever more apparent. Jane, Jane likes to tell me that, actually. She's, she tells me that almost once a day now. You're getting old. You've got gray hairs. <laughs> Like you're like two years old. How do you know this? Yeah, how do you even remember what I had before? This is yeah, no. This is the only me you've ever known. How dare you? Well, you know I have like a beard that I like let grow long, and then I trim it a lot. So she's, every time I trim it, she's like, "Where'd your beard go? Where'd your beard? Show me." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, it's down the drain now. It's actually in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's my beard. <laughs> no. It's a good beard. I don't care what your daughter says. If she has any criticism, she's wrong. Yeah, she. Oh, well, I, I shaved it off once and she hated it. So. <laughs> Somewhere in there, she knows she's wrong. <laughs> I definitely my uh, my uncle Gary uh, famously wore a a mustache for years mm-hmm. and then shaved it off one summer, and he had I think his daughter was probably six or seven, and it was apparently a big problem. And she had never seen her dad without it and just was like, well, this weird guy moved into my fucking house. I'm going to try to kill him when he's asleep, I guess. He's got a good get name, mommy. Get him. mustache man back. That's good. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, that's they, like they, kids, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, it makes sense. You've, this is this is the only version of this man you've seen, and he had pretty strong affections for this person. So, Oh, man. Did you ever see Goodnight, Mommy? No, I, I saw the trailer with you like a hundred times, but yeah. certainly, and I, I, I was, heard you and Babs scream, "Good night, mommy!" Yeah, we, yeah, a we did it times, but I did not see the film. No, <laughs> we did not either. I did not. I, I think we're all better off. I don't need any of that. No, that one's too bleak. Ugh. Although I did see a pretty good horror film recently. What's that? Midsummer. Man, see, I just I, I've heard people talk about it. Gina actually was like, maybe we should, maybe I want to see this movie, and I was like, you can go ahead and want to see that movie. I'm not going to see this movie. This is not this is not the film for me. I can't get down with that stuff. There are like, 
there are some. So you know his other film, right? Hereditary. Yes. You should not see. Don't see that one. I've not. Gina enjoyed that, but I've not seen it. It's okay. I, I like Hereditary, but it's bleak, man. Um, Midsummer's. Um, it's got like these episodes of. It starts off really bleak, and then it has these episodes of kind of really gory violence. Um, but they're they're brief, and the mo- most of the film's pretty. I don't know. It's it's a pretty beautiful film too. It's really weird. Um, I liked it a lot. It's it's <laughs> all I can say really. <laughs> it's it, it was kind of intense, though, but it's good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It does seem I like recommend. a movie that people who have seen it have been like affected by, like to the extent that even if they didn't say they they loved it, they're like this yeah. is a movie they talk about or reference and that sort of thing. Oh, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for a week. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's very visually arresting to say the least, and um, it it's it's got a lot of weight to it. It's got Cheedy from The Good Place. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, he doesn't meet a good fate though. So, <laughs> spoiler alert. I don't know if you need to edit that. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. If, if yeah. anybody was out there desperately sad about Midsummer, maybe maybe Warren did your favor. Maybe now you won't see it. Yeah, yeah. That's the one spoiler. Um, I won't I won't tell you anymore. It's worth seeing, though. I think it, I think it's worth seeing. As a uh, for people besides film. Me. Not, for, not for me. <laughs> not, not for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to see this movie. Uh, but maybe, now, this could be one angle, but maybe there's another one. You could tell me about a movie that I will want to see, or you could tell me about literally anything else, because, Warren, it's time for plugs. Do you have anything you'd oh, like to plug? Oh, my God. I had a list, and I'm trying to think of what to plug. What should I plug? Let's see. I'm going to look at my list real quick. Um. Wow. I fuck clad shit. I'm not plugging that. Um. I'm gonna plug. So I think. So I. Uh, I heard an episode with Alex Arm. So he lives in California. I'm not sure if any other. Do any of the other listeners live in California? Uh. Paul Avanzino lives in California. Oh. Well. Hmm. No. I, I should say I don't actually know if he. So I know. I know they have like some stringent water standards now. I'm mm-hmm. gonna plug a showerhead because I grew up in a house. With the worst fucking water pressure imaginable. Imagine like some large man spitting on you. That was the showers I grew up with. And, uh, no matter what, like, nice or fancy shower head we tried to get, it never worked. My dad, we never really had the money to update the plumbing. So I, I finally found one that worked and it's, uh, high Sierra's low flow shower head and it complies with a lot of California standards. So if you have, if you like to save water and you want a shower head that feels like a real shower, High Sierra is a shit, man. I'm I'm 100% behind that. I've never never had one better. That sounds fantastic. I will say that I definitely that is one of the few things that like when I move to a new apartment, mm-hmm. I am bringing a shower head with me because yeah. I have no tolerance for a poor shower head. So especially if you've got one here that is, you know, legitimately not using a lot of water but also really good, that that's a valuable thing. Yeah. That's yeah. really great, and, and also if anybody just in general has a non-decent shower at home, oh my god, this, it changes your life yeah. completely. Fix that. It's it's pretty cheap. It's all metal. It's easy to install, and uh, there are some better ones. Like we have a different one at home. Um, this actually came about because I kept buying my dad shower heads for years after I moved out of the house. Because <laughs> every time I came home, I'm like God, I don't want to have like I'm I don't feel clean afterwards. So <laughs> it's probably because that lar- large man was spitting on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this was like a product, like, this was a moment years, in the, like, 30 years in the making. <laughs> it literally happened, like, two months ago. I've been trying, as long as you've known me, I've been trying to fix this fucking shower. And it so, sounds like you might have done it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the, it's a very small albatross, but it's, it's one that has been lifted. So I will recommend High Sierra Showerhead. Uh, my plug this week is a beer. I think everyone should consider drinking a uh, Lagunitas brown sugar. It is really good. And I think that we all really enjoy these extremely exclusive and hard to get. And we all know, and hard to get beers. And we all know that it's great to drink things that are super local. And it's 100% true that it is. But I do think that sometimes we overlook some of these things just because they are so very accessible. And I know I've done it with this beer, but then this year it showed up for the holiday season. I went out and I got me a six pack and I was like, I can't believe 
This beer is available in so many places, and I can get it for ten dollars a six pack. So good. It's I've such a good one. beer, yeah. and it's it's it's, it's yeah. very strong. It'll knock you on your ass if you have several of them. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's all you need right there. So uh, absolutely, you know, go wait in line and get that hard to get thing, and then go get your super local stuff that was brewed down <laughs> the street. But if you need to mix in another six pack, you can do a lot worse than that guy right there. I'll second that. That's so good. Warren Wilkie, it has been a delight. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Johnny. I'm really glad to be on this, Mr. Footballs. (laughs) (laughs) Best wishes in the intervening days. 